Hello, everybody. We're glad you're with us as we're going to continue on in the study that we're doing of the New Testament. Um, we're working through it a chapter at a time when we meet. We've already covered the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, then we did John. We took it a little out of order. Then we did Luke, and now we're doing Acts. We did Luke and Acts together on purpose because they're both written by Luke. And together they give us a really dynamic account of not only the life and ministry of Jesus, but also now the activity of the early church and the activities of the apostles and the disciples and how the church grew and how Christianity began to spread all over the world. That's what's covered in Acts. And, and then in us, these same things continue and the church continues to grow and to spread and to do the very things that Jesus said it would do. Which, you know, pretty fascinating stuff when you think about it. The, the history and longevity of the church through all sorts of times has continued to do exactly what it, Jesus said it would do, which is to grow and to bring people into the kingdom and, and to do the, the, the works that Jesus came for and continues to do in us. And so we're, uh, in, in Acts now, we've been looking at the, this new church and what was taking place in the, in the new church. And um, we've seen uh, pretty much up to this point uh, the ministry uh, of uh, the, the apostles, but a, a lot of it has been about Peter. He's the clear-cut leader at this point. We read about him in the Gospels, and we saw he was kind of the leader of the Twelve. There was a lot of infighting between him and John and James about who was the actual number one, but, um, you know, Peter was definitely a leader, even in the early part of the ministry, while Jesus was still uh, walking among us in the flesh. And now, uh, in the development of the early church, he's a, here's a, clearly a, a, one of the main leaders of the new church, and we've been looking at his, uh, a lot of his ministry um, since then. And uh, he, he preached the first sermon at Pentecost, uh, he was, uh, and the Holy Spirit came, and he preached in Samaria, and again the Holy Spirit came, and we're going to see him today in the house of Cornelius, a Gentile, and we're going to see the Holy Spirit come again. All in fulfilling Acts 1-8, where uh, Jesus said to them, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And, and each one of these events is a, is a picture of the Holy Spirit signifying and, and fulfilling this prophetic utterance of Jesus in Acts 1-8. And so we, we see these things happen in each of these major events. Uh, and we'll be introducing to you today, now we, we talked about Paul in the last chapter and we saw Paul pop in there and in another chapter or two, Paul's going to come back. He's, I told you after but the last chapter, he's kind of gone now for a 10-year period. And, uh, but we're going to get back to him because he's going to become what the rest of the book of Acts is really focused on is Paul's ministry you know, related to him. But we're still dealing with Peter's ministry, and he'll be in and out, but we'll, we'll see about him in this chapter, in the next chapter, and then he sort of just makes small appearances throughout the rest. Not that he wasn't important, it's just that Luke records a different part of the church as it spreads beyond Jerusalem and the surrounding areas where, where Peter spent most of his time and ministry from what we can determine. Uh, today we're going to be looking at a centurion who was a Gentile, and, and uh, uh, he uh, was in Caesarea, which was a Gentile center. He was an officer of the Roman army. Um, he had come to believe in God 
and, and he gets visited by an angel in this chapter, which is pretty significant. Uh, and uh, the angel basically tells Cornelius to um, summon Peter, uh, who, would, uh, who then had some things he, that he would say to him in the process. And uh, it, it, you'll cool it, because at the same time, you'll see that as uh, um, Cornelius has this vision, and he sends his men to go f- find Peter, who is over at Simon the Tanner's house, right where we left him at the end of last chapter, uh, in Joppa, that Peter gets a vision, a pretty outstanding vision. Um, and uh, three times this sheet is filled uh, uh, with uh, animals that the Jews considered unclean or impure. And uh, he, he was told that... Uh, uh, that you know he, he could sort of eat these things and and he he protests and the Lord basically says to him do not call anything impure that God has made clean all of this is in preparation for the visit we're going to see with Cornelius and uh, uh, while Peter is sort of uh, checking this trying to figure out what all this means these messengers from Cornelius household show up now before I read the chapter I want you to understand the the need for Peter's preparation uh, and then the angry reaction we're going to get in the next, in chapter 11, from Jewish believers. And it has to do with the fact that, that Peter actually enters the home of a Gentile. And, and that was a huge deal. And, and you need to have the background as to why. For hundreds of years, um, the Jewish people, who had a, a complete and full sense of their destiny as God's chosen people, had been politically subject to a series of Gentile nations. They'd been in, uh, subjected to them uh, over time. And here they are knowing that they're the chosen people of God, and yet these Gentile nations keep rising up and overtaking them and subjecting them. And so, uh, and, and historically, they were subject to all sorts of atrocities, which they, they have continued um, to be uh, uh, throughout. And... Um, they had come to take uh, any association with Gentiles as something that was completely and totally unclean. And it just didn't happen. They didn't associate with Gentiles. They didn't go into their homes. They didn't speak to them. They had nothing to do with them in any way. If they did, they would become ceremonially, ceremonially uh, unclean. So they would never choose to willingly associate with a Gentile, ever. So you need to know that going into this encounter because Peter is about to do something amazingly significant in the history of the church when he enters into the home of Cornelius and preaches the gospel to him. Um, and, and it took a lot to get him there because there was this big encounter that we're going to read about and, and we're going to see then what takes place. So having said all that, that was all preamble. Let's read Acts 10, 1 through 48. You'll catch a lot of this just in the reading of these verses, because it's obviously very well written by Luke under the anointing of the Spirit, and then we'll, we'll just touch on it lightly as to what it means on the other side. Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 48. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need, and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. And the angel answered, 
Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring, him back, to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. Remember I said to you that was significant last week, that Peter was staying in the house of a tanner because tanners would have been considered because they were dealing with dead animal skins, unclean. So these, these are like baby steps. You know, I love the way, don't you love the way God does things sometimes? Have you noticed how, I'm always amazed at how God is with me in things. In the, and and, and it would be so easy to write things off as coincidence. And yet it's, I know, I, I sit back and think, man, that was, that was just God showing up right when I needed him. And in, in, it's just amazing to me. Anyway, he's, he's always at work. And just like this, he's, he's getting Peter ready for this pretty big step. First by having him stay with a tanner. Uh, not like George Hamilton. We, we cleared that up, right? Nobody thought that was funny last week but me, but I can't help but going back to it. Because I still enjoy it. If you're, if you're young, you probably don't know who George Hamilton is. You weren't here last week? Oh, so it was pretty funny, I thought, but nobody did. There was real silence like this. Yeah. So it's still kind of heavy in the room. But that doesn't bother me. <laughs> because I like me. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, when the angel, verse 7 is where I'm at, who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, city Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. And then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The boy spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guest. Pretty big first step. Because there wouldn't have been any association normally. But he says, come on in. Because it was too late for them to leave. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. So I like the, the fact you see that um, Cornelius had a lot of faith because he, the Lord said this would happen, and so he just invited the people in. Pretty cool, right? Come on, this guy's coming. The Lord's sending. This angel told me about Pretty neat story, really. And so his relatives and his friends have showed up. And, and so there's a large group of, of Gentiles gathered there in his home. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up, stand up. He said, I'm only a man myself. 
Taking, uh, talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection, except for the little argument that he had three times with the Lord, but other than that. <laughs> Apparently that was private, and so... May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, Four days ago I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send the job for Simon who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message of God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So, they, so he ordered they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Okay, so fascinating, fascinating thing for the church. Because up until this point, the church was, was all Jewish believers. People from the nation of Israel who had come to know Christ or Jewish believers, you know, that had come and accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior from the preaching of the disciples in the early church. And um, we'll see the pattern throughout, even Paul, when he begins his ministry, you'll see that he, he always, when he goes into a town, always starts with a synagogue, always goes to the Jews first and gives them a shot, and then he goes to the Gentiles. And, and this pattern is sort of being set up in here. So now, here's Peter. Uh, who, who has gone, and, and um, this amazing thing happens. So those first eight verses, again, Cornelius gets his vision from the Lord, um, sees an angel who instructs him to send to Joppa to get Peter, and that's what we just read that happened. Um, it's, it's the way the Lord works, that Peter receives a vision um, that, as I said, would really shake his, his Jewish roots to the core. Uh, and uh, uh, it's this picture of don't call anything I have made 
impure or unclean because that, that was how they did so many things. I also think it's significant that this happens three times. What else happens three times to Peter? He denies the Lord three times, but he's also restored three times. Remember when, when Jesus comes back to him? And remember what he says? Jesus, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, right? Three times. You're going to go and preach to my sheep. I, I think that as, even, as it might be significant to the denial, it's even more significant to that calling because he's now telling him, hey, they're all my sheep. You just go out there and preach to whoever I tell you, wherever I send you. And, and whatever you see me doing, that's what you do. You preach this gospel fearlessly. And so uh, it was significant, but, but because the Lord had told him to do it, he does it, and he goes with these guys, and he goes to the home of Cornelius. And again, he, first he has them stay there at the house. Big, big things happening, because this association wouldn't have happened now, in, in, it wouldn't have normal, been normal for him to stay in a tanner's home. That opened up the door a little bit. And then this vision opens some things up. And then he encounters these guys. They stay with him. And now he goes to the home of Cornelius. And, and thank God, because it's why, why almost all of us here are in, is because of what happens there in that house. All right? Because so, unless you come from a Jewish background, you're a Gentile, and that's where you got in. Pretty cool stuff uh, in the process. And so uh, in, in those last verses, uh, Cornelius has assembled his relatives and close friends in preparations for Peter's arrival. And as I said, it's a great sign of faith. And uh, there's a large gathering now of people. And, and people, uh, Peter makes a point of saying, look, this isn't what we normally do as a Jew. It's kind of against our law for me to do this. But the Lord has sent me, and uh, I, I'm not supposed to call any man impure or unclean. And, and uh, Cornelius reiterates to Peter the details of his vision. And, and I love this about Peter. You know what Peter does? Peter seizes an opportunity. Of course, it was pretty well set up. All of us would have figured it out at that point. But, but uh, Peter preaches the gospel. And he preaches a very clear gospel message. And if you were listening, you hear what was at the heart of it? Jesus died for our sins. He was buried, raised again on the third day, seen by witnesses. Remember me telling you, if you've been here on weekends, that's the heart, that's the core of the good news. That's the core of it, and it's in there. He, he says it. In, in the way that he says it. He throws a little bit about how it started and, and what it means, but that's the heart, that's the power, that's the gospel message that we're to preach. And while he's preaching this message, the Holy Spirit falls on this crowd, and the, the, the guys who were with Peter had been there in the beginning, and they recognized that this was the Holy Spirit. This was the gift of the Holy Spirit, and it's, they'd seen what they'd seen, they were hearing what they were hearing, and this was, they couldn't believe it. You've got to understand, this was a shock. Because they, they were like, we can't believe that this has happened. And, and yet Peter says, well, that's what he said was going to happen. He prepared us for this. And he said, we better get all these folks baptized. Which was a whole other new thing. Because that wasn't, that wasn't what they did with Gentiles. And, and so this group is baptized. And then uh, they ask Peter to hang out with them for a few days. And he does. He stays. Huge stuff. It's a, it's a turning point. It's a... It's a, I can't tell you that how big this, this particular step is for us and for the church. Because of what Peter did, it would spread from there. Now, what we're going to see um, when we, we dig into chapter 11 is that the Jewish believers are not happy with the reports that come back from Cornelius' house because they can't believe that Peter went into the home of a Gentile. That's going to be their big thing. And they're there. I mean, you need to know that this is a, how could you do that? 
and Peter has to explain to them why and how it happened. And then they hear it, and you'll see that, that from there it gets the blessing uh, to continue, and ministry among the Gentiles continues, particularly in Paul. And, and it becomes his calling and, and where he takes the church from there. And again, remember that it's an amazing fulfillment of Acts 1-8 when Jesus said, um, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And we've seen it already now by Acts chapter 10. We saw it Pentecost is, is the, the Holy Spirit coming in power in Jerusalem. And then we saw Peter and John's encounter in Samaria where the Holy Spirit comes on the people there. And now in the household of Cornelius where the Holy Spirit comes on the people there. He, the, the Holy Spirit is, is like putting his emphasis, his stamp, his seal on what's taking place in the early church. And so that's what we're up to so far. And uh, it just keeps on getting better from there as it builds. And like I said, when you read chapter 11, you'll see that the, the church in, in Jerusalem is not pleased with Peter. And, uh, and you know, I like, isn't, Peter's fascinating, don't you think? I, I think I like Peter because um, uh, Peter blows it sometimes pretty bad. You know, the whole denial thing, he messed up, and you can see him kind of there. And, the, and sometimes he gets it so amazing, you know, like, like you know, who, who do you say that I am? And Peter's the one, you're the Christ, you're the Messiah. Yes, and then in the next statement, you know, it's like, it starts telling Jesus what to do. Get behind me, Satan. That, I mean, it's just, he's so, so real. And even in this, you know, he gets it so cool sometimes, and other times he doesn't. You'll find out later on that Peter, uh, Paul has to go and talk to Peter because Peter won't hang out with the Gentiles anymore. And us later on, he's afraid of what the other Jewish believers think, and so he quits hanging out with the Gentile. And Peter's got to say to him, dude, what's wrong with you? You know what happened. You were, you were at the home of Cornelius. And has to straighten him out. But, but don't we get like that sometimes? That's why I love the stories of Peter, because he's real, just like us. We don't get it right all the time. Sometimes we mess up, and yet God still uses us. That's the cool part. God used Peter, big time, right? I mean, you see it. He's like the main guy he's using, and that's the guy who denied him. Three times, yet restored and argues with them a little, but goes and does, moves on. Trying to do the next right thing. That's what I think about Peter. And getting it right most of the time. And then sometimes, oops, getting forgiveness and then doing the next right thing. That's good stuff. That's Peter. Okay, and it, we're out of time. If you're watching my video, thank you for watching. And uh, we're glad you did. If you need anything, you can let us know. Call us, write us, email us. Um, but we're going to turn off the recording on you. If there's someone upstairs,